0: Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name is Kevin Murphy, and I just spooked Powers for a second time.
1: Because I thought I thought you'd started the podcast early the first time you were doing a mic test where you said, Oh, and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. And I wasn't ready. Well, you,
0: you went and Alyssa well, were having a little chat and I was just like, <laughs> like we're, t- about, we're talking
1: about, about Stratford's chain of acid attacks. <laughs> And then I thought, and then you went, "Hello and welcome to the podcast." I was like, "Is that which, in
2: it?" Which, ironically, we have now started the podcast talking about acid attacks. So,
0: yeah, you can't it get away all from comes it, full and that's circle. the real problem. Uh, I'm also joined by.
2: Hello, I'm Alicia. Yay. Nice to meet you.
0: Expert on acid attacks. Expert. I've just lit.
2: Whoa, now that sounds like I'm sore. <laughs> You're so, into that. I'm holding a boiling mug of tea in my <laughs> <Yeah>. hand.
0: <laughs> this
2: is very dangerous territory.
0: We're talking about basically there's a shopping centre in Stratford that yeah. you actually, I don't even know it because like you walk through it to get to the loading bar in Stratford. Yeah. Which is very good, you should go there. Oh, yeah, um, that's so true. That's yeah. the only time, but like there's always just people just skating badly.
2: Hey, um, now, there's some pretty good, so,
0: like, know. really
2: good skating I, happens. I've
0: never seen, right, I thought about this the other day when I was on the South Bank, because you know they've got that little skate park in the South Bank as well. Yeah, but that's bad. I've never seen anybody good at skating with my own eyes. No. Like, you I've mean, seen videos sh- of people. come out with me
1: sometime. Are you good? Oh, yeah, big time.
0: <laughs> I oh, watch. he on X game mode.
2: You're just going to open up, like, Tony Hawk or something, and Gabby will be like, no, this isn't what I meant. <laughs>
0: Rory. But I, 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 I was waiting, for, I was meeting someone the other day, so I stood and watched people down on that south bank one just for like five, ten minutes. Yeah, that's quite bad.
1: Someone I remember someone explaining that that little shopping center in Stratford to me one time and yeah. they were like like it's just yes, a it normal has. shopping center and then and when everything closes, it just becomes this mad kind of international waters yeah. type anything yeah. goes. And really? I was like I was like, well that can't be right. And then I was going through it one time yeah. and it's just like there was people raving in the corner. Yeah. Like a bunch of homeless people sleeping on yeah. one side. Other people just rollerblading, like discoing <laughs> yeah. down the halls. I'm yeah. like, what is this? You <laughs> have um yeah, it's you have crazy. like hip hop
2: crews, skater crews. It's amazing. It's, it's like <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs>
0: um, so this is a lovely podcast. We're going to talk about some lovely things. And later on, uh, I've got a little interview that I did with Alex Garland ages ago, way before Christmas. Oh. Um, and he is a very nice, if intense, man. Um, did he
2: give you lots of eye contact? Uh, yeah. I feel like that's a sign of intensity. Yeah, Just yeah, like, yeah. I'm doing it now. Um, I'm not breaking.
0: Yeah, that'll be later on in the podcast. First of all, though, Powers and I have finally played What Remains of Edith Finch. Yeah, oh, um, and it was this again. really funny thing where on the weekend because I've been meaning to play it for so fucking long I
1: think it was one of those games it's just, yeah. it was on everyone's to-do list everyone
0: was going on about it and I thought okay I'm going to play it but I think in my head I thought it was something very different to what it actually was um, what did you think it was? I FPS? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I thought it was a battle royale type. I, I thought it was gonna be quite a sort of, I thought it was gonna be more like, um, everyone's gone to Rapture. Yeah, because so sort of as of like soon you walk as you around, say oh, walking yeah. sim, people yeah. think,
2: okay, well, It's kind of
1: nine. like that.
2: Um, no, but, but it's
0: not. So anyway, so I thought oh, I'll, down- I'll download it. Mm, good counterpoint, let's see So I thought I downloaded it on the weekend, downloaded it, but didn't oh. get yeah, a chance to play it. But then, uh, I spoke to you because I saw like a tweet from you or your girlfriend saying, oh, I'm finally playing this. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'll I'll talk to you about it. And there's this amazing moment where I said to you, I was like, oh, because like, basically the, you have to know about how we sit. So I sit next to Powers facing uh, west and um, behind us is Joe and Cardi facing east and Why I said because like, like then you've got, the, you've got the thing so basically I turned to powers and said oh hey man did you just start playing Edith Finch I'll like, um, just download it and then I was like what did you think and you went yeah yeah it's good um, and I saw Cardi and Joe who it was like their second favourite game last year just turn around being like he's massively <laughs> underselling <laughs> it and like you had a really good time right? it was like a Monday morning and I was like hey how was this game
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know how to word it it I'm, was so funny I love the game I thought it was great uh but I, there there was more in that game I think I'm probably going to forget than like is going to stick with me. You think? Like there's w- there was one particular uh f- like kind of sequence which I think we talked about the fish factory yeah, sequence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, Lewis, that. yeah. I'm being very okay. careful yeah, with my choice of words. Um, it's like that one was, I think, the... Amazing. M- probably the only one where after it I was like, holy shit, I was yeah. like, that was incredible. Mm. There's a lot of other lot of ones I was like, oh, okay, like I could take this... We should, probably, this
2: and... we should probably explain the premise of the game to yes. people who've never heard of it before. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like, it's a, it's a walking sim, but the idea is that you play as... Edith Finch, She's going back to the family home that she's grown up in, and there's a curse on her family. And everyone dies a really untimely death. Sounds really, really dark, but basically she's the last person left of her family. And every time a family member dies, they board up their room. And so the potential mechanic is finding your way into the rooms of these family members. Mm -hmm. And when you do, you find out the story of how they died. And it's actually quite, for a story that's about death, it's really centered on life. Like there's something about it that's really, Optimistic, like it's not—it's not super dark. Um, yeah. It's kind of like a—it feels like a Wes Anderson movie in yeah, some ways. Yeah, in some bits,
0: I think definitely. That's yeah, that's for definitely. sure. Like that, I think like, I, I, like thats the thing. I didn't know what it was going to be, mm. but it basically comes up with. Like, forget the walking sim part of it because it comes yeah, up with totally. these. Because every room, basically, the way it tells you a story tells you in a different way. and That's mm-hmm. what I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I thought you were just going to be this person walking around, finding out different things. Oh, right. Yeah. Whereas when you go into a different room, every room is like this new sort of mechanic. Yeah. And there's a couple of game mechanics in it. There's one at one point where you're controlling this sort of like tentacle thing. And I remember I was playing it going, I want a full game like this. This is amazing. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want a full game like that. There's no way of sustaining it. But mm. they come up with all these really cool little mechanics mm. throughout it to tell you the story that are just fun to play for, you know, like five, ten minutes or sort of thing. Yeah. It's um, so
2: rich. And I love, I love that idea of approaching game. Games are like narrative devices. They, you know, they can be incredible tools of storytelling. And then to actually look, not just, I'm going to tell you a story and here's a script and here's some characters. Yeah. Looking at ways that game mechanics can reflect the characters yeah. and like how you can have a level that like re- drives the narrative forward just through on a mechanical level. It's really, yeah. really smart.
0: It's uh, like I when I played it and but at the end I was like, that is a masterpiece. I thought it was fucking incredible.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I was playing with my girlfriend who was doing work at the time and she was like drawing and she, I was like, "Do you mind if I play this game?" She's like, no, "No, no, go for it." So she kind of was like looking up now and again, and then she looked up, like after like five, after like twenty minutes, she wasn't drawing anymore. and We were just playing the yeah, game. She was just like, "No, I have to, I have to watch all of this." now. It was like
1: the in the Simpsons with Milhouse. She thought she was. <laughs> drawing tattoos and looked down and was, she was just writing Edith Feige yeah. like, trailing off the page. <laughs>
0: um, I can
2: see it being right up Clara's street. Yeah,
0: It's it's mental how it's taking me so long to play and I don't know why but that's a good thing about games. Yeah, yeah check it, it, it out. It's it's I think it's because, because sometimes
2: it's a two hour game, isn't it? And sometimes oh. people get slightly put off by that with games. They're kind of like, oh, well, you know, if it's only two hours there's other stuff yeah. that I've been getting my teeth into. But
0: Mate, if a game is two hours like, that's my that's dream. A, that's that's a selling, selling point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can play um, it. Yeah, Mm. amazing. Uh, Also, Alicia playing. Mm. Oh, we're very play heavy Um, this. Podcast, even the Alex Garland Ew. bit, Heavy. even yeah, even Alex Garland is full of games. Um, you played a VR game that I can't remember the name of. Sorry.
2: Yeah, no, it's called it's called Seed. Um, <laughs> Seed. And Seed's Seed's super interesting. So I'm gonna dial it back. Okay. The reason why I was playing it was because um, I went to the final of a competition, and it's run by these guys called the Welcome Trust. And the Welcome oh, cool. Trust are all about supporting game makers who want to make games that bring in real world elements like science and health and like all this kind of stuff, yeah. and put them into games and like really fun ways so games that reflect reality essentially so they worked with Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice oh, cool. and so they helped fund it they provided researchers on mental health they're like they're such a cool organisation and they have this amazing competition called Developing Beyond where the final uh, winner gets 150 grand in Ooh. funding so uh, not getting on this. not pocket change yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are I you to make blow? a game
1: or some shit like that
0: <laughs> and I give money love museum like, yeah I got this really good game it's about this game called Dee Dee Finch <laughs> <laughs> and she got to go back to a a, a caravan DD <laughs> <D>. Finch returns
1: <laughs>
2: Make it rain. Here's hundred and fifty grand.
3: Boogaloo. <laughs> but
2: um so and every stage of the development process, there's like there's like different stages of the competition, and you might get thirty grand at one particular stage, and if you get through to the next stage, you get like fifteen grand at like the yeah. finals. So it's amazing in terms of supporting game developers. Yeah. And Seed was the game that won this particular competition. Um the competition's theme was transformation, so they had to come up with an idea around that word it's kind of like a really souped up like primary school project isn't it like all right kids here's a word now go make a thing from it
1: is it time is there like a time restraint do you get like a certain period to work on the game
2: yeah you do yeah (laughs) Yeah. so like so the last stage was at develop brighton last year i can't remember was that august or like i can't remember it was towards the end of last year and then they they were they got given 15 grand to come like through to the next stage and stuff. Yeah. And Susan Kalman, the comedian, is like chair of the jury on this, oh, cool. so she's been judging it at every stage.
0: What do they do? Like, I always think this with competition money. Do you just use that to live, or do you put that? How would you put that yeah. into the game? Yeah. And how did you get
1: money to into the competition?
0: You well, know, I guess they've just got the idea and they put it in there, but then the money then is helps develop it. Yeah. Madness. I always think like yeah. how much the money actually goes on like clothes. I always like think that, that with uh,
1: with uh esports teams yeah. where it's like oh like um like Spitfire oh you just won like whatever 150,000 yeah. dollars it's like do you now need to like use that to pay for everything you've done so far? Like yes. how have you yeah. got to this point? Well, it costs without... a lot
0: to enter that league. Guess,
1: exactly, yeah. I guess um,
2: that's then, for esports, it would be bolstered by sponsorship, wouldn't it? Yeah, so they'd yeah. be like, okay, so you're sponsored by HP mm. and they'll give you all your living costs. And then yeah, you get like the extra cash fund at the
0: end. I thought you read at like, HP Spend. Sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that'd be the most British thing ever when you sponsored <laughs> by Brown Sauce. And liked
2: so there's a stipulation <laughs> in the contract that you have to be eating one bacon sandwich with HP Sauce on during the competition (laughs)
0: one-handedly I was like all our team are Korean they do not like HP sauce
1: I do Um, like the tagline of London Spitfire the sauciest eSports team
0: (laughs) (laughs) they just like they don't know like they've just got like brown sauce all over them. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's how you endorse them just stains all over your clothes. Um, so seed So
2: seed, yeah. Seed won the competition. Amazing. Um, and seed is about a reality game. And mm-hmm. the idea is it's all about genetic engineering and splicing. Yeah. So you find yourself in this really rich, realistic, essentially potting shed. But yeah. it doesn't sound it doesn't sound cool <laughs> when you say hey, it's a game when you're in a potting shed. But it's a potting shed like on steroids I'm and right. you've got like all these machines around you. And you get missions, and your job is to genetically splice and engineer all these different seeds. Um, and so it might be you've got to create this poisonous seed that's then, you know, it's a bit dodgy, actually. You might go out yeah. into the world and be used. And it reflects, like, geopolitical tensions and, like, you know, All you, from the
1: greenhouse. Yeah,
2: and if you... So you're in your potting hey, chair, everything literally... everything starts in the greenhouse. But literally, you're, you're you. affecting the rest of the world. So you might have a guy, there's, like, a narrator who's, like, really sarcastic and funny but he'll say, oh, can you, right, we need to cre- create this seeds that's going to affect this particular food shortage in the world. And then you might, you just start dicking around essentially with like radioactive bars, and you're like putting seeds up against them, or like, you know, pressing all these buttons, and there's like so many different levels, and you clone seeds, and it's like, it's, It's a really, really fun game in terms of it captures this theme of of science because it's all about experimentation. You know, like if you were ever at school and you got given like two chemicals, I don't know, like potassium, you had to see which one exploded most. Yeah, yeah. It's like that but like with radioactive plants and um, It's so funny cool. it's
1: funny like a stripped back version of that. I remember when I was at school and you know what when you're at school in, like the ICT departments and you got those computers that aren't really like actual computers because everything's yeah. blocked. It mm. only has like, these crap like educational programs running on it. And one of the programs that we had running on ours was like this it was a chemistry program where you was essentially like a terrible cartoon laboratory. So you could um, like click and drag test tubes on the bits and (laughs) bunsen burners or type in, you know, uh, 200 milliliters of gunpowder and then click and then that would appear. Um, And similar to that, like obviously because we were kids, we would just see what shit what we could mix together make. to yeah. make things blow up. Yeah. Like yeah. you just stacked like twenty piles of gunpowder and then put like a Bunsen burner at the bottom That's and amazing. see if you could crash okay. the program. Like <laughs> Rory! <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm learning. I'm learning. But
2: imagine that in VR. You exactly. know, imagine yeah. that with it's, like
1: it's cool how it's evolved now yeah. into something
0: so big. Oh, I'm into it. it sounds cool, man.
2: It is really cool. And I just think it's it's a really awesome composition because video games are these massive it's like using empathy isn't it like you know when you play a video game you are actively pushing something forward and like making decisions and like engaging and so the idea of a competition that reflects real world issues using that through games rather than say films, saying oh let's make a film about a real world issue that just ends up being quite like educational and dull like this is using fun and entertainment to really like drive conversations about big issues.
0: That's cool. I've, like, mm. I've, I've got ideas for games. How can I... Give Do me, the, give me the money. It. Give me the money. <laughs> what's which one of your ideas? And I can't tell you, can I? Cause
1: uh.
2: One of
0: them, Kruber and I have an idea for a game that I generally think it's fucking brilliant. Really? Yeah.
2: Really? I really um, want to know. Yeah. Maybe we've not got a live mic on you with thousands of people listening it, stealing uh, your idea. Yeah,
0: Kruber and I, I think... Cause we used to sit like next to each other and we used to talk about like this game and then when we got we got drunk one time we basically planned out like how the game would work then we were just like
1: sobered up and you're like oh it's Mario <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> but then we were like we, and we, he gets turtles and there's a fucking dinosaur <laughs> taking his girl I love you man
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're the best game person I know you're by the Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck you, Luigi. then it fell apart and, like we dissolved the company no we got a good idea we got a good idea for a game, but we don't know how to make a game.
1: You tell uh, me afterwards. I okay. genuinely want to okay, know good. this. It yeah, really sounds amazing.
0: Um, uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Fortnite. We talked about it a tiny bit on the podcast mm. last week, but only in response to someone uh, saying about it. But you guys have been playing it loads, man. Yeah. It's one of these things for where... For like Battle Royale, because there is an entire other bit of Fortnite, right? Yeah. But, the PVE like, bit, which is yeah. kind of
1: like... Um, like zombie survival waves fort building uh, type game but the uh, Battle Royale version of Fortnite is essentially PUBG it's that the same formula of 100 people are airdropped onto an island and you gotta scavenge and loot your way to be the last one uh, alive Um, and I, we played a little bit of PUBG here, and it was kind of hard to get along with. I'm genuinely...
0: Not all of us have Xbox. At not desk. all of us
1: have Xboxes. Also, like I find the art style, that kind of like generic Unreal Engine, it, yeah. just flat, uh, realistic look was a bit mm. dull. Yeah. So then the other one people are playing all the time is Fortnite. Uh, and as soon as I found out it was free to download on yeah. Yeah. every console, I was like, yeah, we'll give it a shot. So me and Cardi and Croops and Joe as well, Just one day after work stayed and and played a couple games of it. And it's pretty fun. Like, it's pretty damn fun as far as those games go. Because they... It's kind of got that, like, cartoony Overwatch bubbly look to it as well. Yeah. And it makes, like, looting feel great when you open a chest and all the colors nice. explode out. And, you know, you've got these gold guns and purple guns. Even when you're uh, shooting people, you get, like, headshots and the numbers are popping up above their heads. Yeah, Love one. One. And it's uh, the sniper rifles as well have a uh, drop shot on them. So, you oh, know, cool. you have to kind of anticipate distance in your enemy's movements. So when you yeah. get a shot, it looks really great. But, man, what a... Sp- freaking smart thing for them to do to make this just a free to play game on all consoles because it's awesome like we're really really loving it haven't won a game yet unfortunately but came second yeah I saw the
0: second that was pretty good
1: there is like a huge um uh Expertise spike Absolutely, like towards yeah. the end because yeah. you think you're doing really well, and then you'll get killed by someone at the end who's built like a sky fortress yeah. out of metal yeah. and has like jumped out of the sky with a sniper rifle and headshot you on the way down.
0: Well, this is the thing, so I've been for a while I've been watching uh Vicstar and Ali A playing this, um, yeah, because they play a lot together and they're very good at it. But there was this mad thing where I've been watching them for ages play it. And then when you guys started playing it, I was like, what game is this? You guys like, <laughs> Fortnite. I we like, oh, this doesn't look like the Fortnite <laughs> I've been watching. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> That's just it. running around like, oh, <laughs> yeah. shooting and at the like, sky. There's a
0: definite, uh, <laughs> like, like, definite split in people who are fucking incredible at it. I think um, it's I mean, kind of
1: cool because, uh, because it's like that uh, mechanic similar to PUBG where, you know, you're dropped down. If you die, you're out, you yeah. know? So what you can do is you can hide away and get really far just on, like, living in the shadows yeah. or just <laughs> guns blazing, like, <laughs> drop into a city where a, yeah. a lot of the valuable weapons are, but you've got more competition. Yeah. Um, so what makes... Like every moment where you know you walk around, you hear gunshots, and it's that kind of cool tactical talk on the mic. So you're mm. like, "All right, um, we see like two people on the hill, southeast. Yeah. You can see them behind the the third tree. That you know, it's nice. like that kind of uh, Do tactical." Do you have a talking line. code? You're like two canaries on the hill. <laughs> <Don't>, no, absolutely
0: <laughs> not. I think at the moment, from watching it, everyone is more focused on staying alive rather than building and stuff. And the people who I've seen who are fucking amazing at it don't give a shit about dying and just like, build! Yeah. And well, those, well, that's like, it. Kill towers. It's like, if,
1: if you die, obviously you're out. Mm. But the process of rejoining a game is just back out start search yes yeah, and yeah. a lot of times you'll be back in a game within like 15 seconds yeah. so there's That's almost right. a worth as well of like just go for it yeah. and if you die you're out anyway you've got nothing to lose you can start oh, yeah. over. Again. i
0: wonder if it would be worth just sitting down and playing the pve just for ages just so you can get really good at building under pressure
1: i mean you could do you could still like, do get good at building under pressure in the actual yeah battle but, out. It, but it
0: feels like when it's live like your mind will be like right i've got this plan but then when you get in you're just like but i could go for this (laughs) i could dig a hole and hide in it
2: (laughs) I, i watched one stream where um there's there's like a little like basketball court and they, yeah. they, like, found it and they, uh, it was this team and they just ended up building, like, a set of bleachers mm. around the basketball court. Oh, that's court. awesome. That also ended up working as, like, a big, massive barrier. Yeah. And so they just, like, hung out and played basketball. And whenever, like, enemies <laughs> came near, they just have one person climb up the top of the bleachers, <clears throat> pop them off, and then carry it. And they literally just won the game by playing basketball and letting everyone else kill themselves and just... Taking people off. So good.
1: Well, I'm like running through holes like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your guys just, like
2: With you your gun to
1: the Cardi's head. He's your play. I'll take him out. <laughs> if I die, you die. <laughs> yeah, the best moment I had was um, like, I, I actually uh, tweeted the video clip of it. Um. was was the first time i found a sniper rifle in the game and i was like oh amazing because i hadn't really got good guns up until that point so so i picked it up went to the roof of this building i was just like i think it was like my third or fourth game had this sniper rifle and i just saw someone like running across this lake like way off in the distance and i was like ooh (laughs) just like (laughs) like bam went for a shot and it just perfectly hit them and knocked them out and it's one of those things where like I could have said anything, like some like a really cool tagline, or just been like, that was amazing. Yeah, but I, like, I just went, oh my god!
3: <laughs> like, it's, it's, so, so <laughs> it's so high It's so high
1: bitch! And it's like, that was a beast shot. It's like the fucking nerdiest. You're an anime it's character, so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's very funny. But I was like properly losing my mind. <laughs> and I think like that's what's kind of cool about this game, is that... Uh, like, if I did that in any other game, I probably wouldn't be as excited as I was in, yeah. uh, in Fortnite. So I'd say, like, if you want to give it a shot, I'd maybe stick with it because, like, the, the um, actual building part is kind of annoying at the start. Mm. But you do get used to it after a while. And it's free. I, so I know, it's free. That's yeah. amazing. You can't really complain. Yeah, you can get it on Xbox, PlayStation, all for free. So, yeah, give it a shot.
0: Boom. Alyssa, I've written here anything else cool because you are in a meeting. If oh. You do, if you don't, it's fine. Because um, I've got something cool. Do you have
2: something cool? Yeah. All right, lay it down.
0: 20-minute interview with Alex Garland. Whoa! <laughs> um, <laughs> we walk out. <laughs> uh, so Alex Garland, if you don't know, direct, uh, he directed, well, he wrote Dread. Uh, some Ooh. people say that he may have directed it, but that's fine. He wrote and directed Ex Machina, uh, which is one of my favorite films of the year. It came out 2015, I think. Um, and his new film, Annihilation, has uh, come out in the US this it's coming out in the US this week. Uh comes out in on Netflix in the UK on March twelfth. Um so it's kinda of strange because Paramount are releasing it in the US, but Netflix are releasing it in the UK. So it doesn't really have a cinema release in the UK. Um which is kinda of strange. But it does have one in but the but it does have one in the US that's weird. Yeah, which is like a, a strange thing. But anyway, I mean Netflix are the heroes and have gone yeah. There we, are we, stranger things say. on
2: Netflix. Um, we, we.
0: Um we gave it a 7.5 review. Like, I'm really interested in this film. So it's Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, and uh, what's his chops? Uh, oh, fucking, what's the guy from Ex Machina called? Oscar Isaac. And um, oh. it, it's a adaptation of a series of books that are apparently mad. So Terry Schwartz in the U.S. is a massive fan of these books. Um, and it just looks like this crazy sort of sci-fi action kind of like dreamiest, weird stuff going on that you're not quite sure, like different dimensions and things like that. It's right up his alley um, as well. <laughs> yeah, like, and I so I spoke to him for a bit and he said this really interesting thing, which you'll hear, but he basically said the way that he adapted it was he read the book once and then he never looked at the book again and he kind of like, adapted it through this weird sort of remembering different tiny elements of it mm. and apparently when you know the story that's an actual perfect way of doing this book because it's kind of things a lot of like dreamlike things and odd stuff going on that's pretty cool that's actually quite smart yeah. um or lazy uh, or oh yeah. it's just gone to can't be asked yeah. again. <laughs> books are long and they <laughs> it's one of
1: those things like i know uh like there's a lot of musicians who like, if they have an idea for a song or a melody, yeah. like, people will record it on their phone so they don't forget it. Mm. But then other people think, uh, don't record it or write it down yeah. because if you can't remember it, then it's not, not, it's not a good melody. So it's the same with the book. Mm. Like, if he reads it once, all the bits he can't remember, then yeah. they're not worth remembering. Yeah. So what I'm saying is the book's probably terrible.
0: Uh. <laughs> 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 um, but also, like, he's a huge fan of video games, but, like, in a mad amazing way we've done we've done a bunch um, of stuff with him yeah, before so we he's did awesome we spoke to him around ex machina uh, so we talked a little bit more about video games like he said when he left he's like this, this is the only he's like everywhere i go people ask me about video games now but he's like this is the only podcast like come on where I, i'm allowed to actually talk about like mechanics oh, and, like great. how much i love like the role animation in dark souls <laughs> yeah. and things like that like which is really cool um but yeah he, he also uh, like i'm a huge fan of a film that he didn't direct, but he adapted uh, the screenplay of it, Never Let Me Go, which is Oh, I love Never Let Me film. Go. Yeah. He directed that? He didn't direct that, he adapted the screenplay. Right, for got it. you. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing film, and basically, I told a story about showing it to someone mm. for the first time, and he tells a really funny story about that sort of which we've talked about a lot on this, which is because we've all recently showed people the prestige, and you are kind of like yeah. you're watching it, but you're watching it with one eye on them, going, "Oh, are they enjoying it in the right <laughs> one way?". Let's sure. the other one
2: at ninety degrees.
0: Um, <laughs> and he's got a really funny story about that. So let's get that in there right now. So Alex, when we get people on the podcast, we usually ask them um, for three things. First of all, is their favorite movie? Oh,
3: fuck, are you serious? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, All right. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so apart from the fact I don't have a favorite movie, which I'm sure you hear that a lot, Uh, recently, or not recently, for a while, A film I've thought about a lot is Stalker. Mm. Um, uh, It's... uh, Do you know it? I don't know. It's it's directed by a Russian director, uh, Tarkovsky. Um, It's got an amazing story behind its production. Yeah. If anyone's interested in reading about a hard film to make, they should check out, I guess, on Wikipedia and and look up the the story of how it was made. Um, uh, It's a really... uh, Epically slow, strange science fiction movie okay. uh, about a group of three men uh, going on a journey into a place called the Zone. And right. um, uh, I'd been thinking about it for years and slightly sort of fixated on it for years. And I'm far from the only one. There's a lot of people who are hooked on that movie. Um, it's it's actually it, it's not it, it's not a particularly original choice. I mean, it, it, like lots of people are very interested yeah. in that film, and um, uh, so I, I would I'd say that stalker Tarkovsky awesome. Do you have a favorite video game? Yeah um, I do sort of I, I, I've i got I've got a few though okay. <laughs> Why do I have to say one you can, you can say a couple that's fine. <laughs> I'd say Bioshock. Yeah uh, The original Bioshock. the first yeah. one. Yeah, I'd say Tempest 2000, which was a game on the Jaguar yeah. Jeff Minter game Yeah um, he's still
0: making games as well he's just now and again just putting out this mad stuff yeah like, absolutely some incredible stuff on the VR. absolutely yeah, yeah.
3: Um, uh, I really like the Half-Life games um, as a sort of collection I think yeah. they're pretty amazing uh, you, you, you know what I, well, I'm i blanking on it well, you're I'm a big Dark, Dark Souls, Souls fan it. as well aren't you Like Dark I mean, Souls love Dark Souls yeah. absolutely love Dark Souls but there's another one and it's actually the one I put top of the list. And it's the zombie one, um, PlayStation game. Resident Evil? No, 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 no. What, what? Last of Us. Last of Us. Last of Us. Yeah. Because um, it felt like, Bioshock was, was superb for this. And maybe it's just because Bioshock is older and so Last of Us supplanted it. But there's something about the way that The Last of Us meshed story and game That I thought was stunning. Yeah. Stunning, actually.
0: I remember the last time we had you on the podcast, and it's something that I tell a lot of people now, especially when I interview people, like journalists and other people who make things. When they say, "Oh, I've got time to play video games," I've I, remember got the, time. I remember the last time <laughs> you came time. on. I think you had three level thirty Destiny characters. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that I always tell people because um, when they just go, "Oh, I'm, you know, I've got time to play video games," I'm like, "Well, yeah, you, you can make time. Alice Garland's got time." So <laughs> yeah.
3: I don't. I mean, whatever that says about me. Um, <laughs> sure. But yeah, no, I love games. I grew up with games. Mm -hmm. I I was, um, uh, you know, I'm 47. My lifespan is close to the lifespan of video games, Mm -hmm. you know, from Pong to Space Invaders and Manic Miner and, you know, and you just sort of keep going. Yeah. And, uh... Um Chuckie Egg, by the way, that's another game I yeah. could have mentioned. That was
0: that, game that's game. Defi- I'm sure there's probably a fail Kickstarter going on right now for Chucky Egg somewhere where someone's trying to bring that how back and make it 3D. I'm 32. How
3: do you rem- how do you know about Chucky Egg I'm a loser. <laughs> I mean literally you weren't
0: born. It's because I like I was just obsessed with video games like growing up and I think I was quite poor as well, so I was always like two or three like cycles behind everyone because right. I was I grew up on hand-me-down video game consoles got and it, things so got it. it was like one of those things where someone up the street would get like a SNES and I would get his old box right of, which the had SNES and stuff like that right, yeah, so, sure. and that happened like until I was old enough to buy my own console
3: so so it gave you a sort of automatic research essentially state. yeah which is really good the thing about Chucky Egg is I actually replayed it not that long ago what yeah. what surprised me was that often with that Period of video games, they were brutally difficult. Yeah, like really, very, very hard. You replay Manic Miner. Yeah, um, you know that Matt yeah, Smith yeah. game. You know, precursor to Jet Set William the, it's it's pixel perfect precision Absolutely. required. Yeah, again and again and again. And Chucky e. Egg is more like Mario. Mm. It's got a kind of uh, it, there's a sort of forgiving quality to it. It's it's. It's still difficult, yeah. but you can crack it. Yeah. Whereas manic miner, you needed to have some very remarkable OCD gaming yeah. skills to complete that game.
0: I always remember, like in the King of Kong documentary, where like the you know that's just Donkey Kong, but yeah. he's drawing like little you know things on the actual screen. I'm not sure if he actually did that or it was just for the purpose of the documentary, but you can kind of see that. Like i it's mem- good documentary. Yeah, I'm yeah? I mem- I'm used to doing it though for like Streets of Rage. Like where mm-hmm. I would draw out. The levels, I like, mean, mm-hmm. my sister would draw out the levels so we knew exactly where to go for, like, so we could complete and be like, right, we had a map of each level yeah. to go and things like that. Yeah, it I makes think, sense. Yeah. I think
3: that that's what was required. Yeah. And, um, uh, and real kind of Twitch gaming skills as well, yeah. like serious reaction times. And broadly speaking, games just got easier and easier and easier. I think one of the reasons I like the Dark Souls games yeah. is that to an extent they push you back to that difficulty level yeah. and that crazy sense of sort of achievement when you you beat something yeah you figure out Oh I see what I've got to do yeah it's no point rolling right i've got to roll left
0: absolutely yeah you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but we started a series here um we We've got a colleague who plays a lot of first-person shooters, and yeah. he's a maniac to play video games with because everything is just exploding, and that's just how he plays everything. Mm-hmm. So we started the series to see if, if he could finish Dark Souls by the time Dark Souls three come out. So we gave us we gave ourselves I think about three weeks, and uh, that was tight. That was really like it made him a better player. Yeah, and we've continued the series now with like Bloodborne and Dark Souls three and things like that. But, but yeah, those it's a very special skill to have.
3: First-person shooters, like um. Uh, it, they're where I really feel my age actually mm. um, playing online uh, absolutely yeah. just just not good enough yeah um, I don't know It. it I, I don't know why it is maybe it's it's the pace of it or I just cannot bring myself quickly yeah. enough I'll spot someone and by the time I've spotted them I'm dead yeah at a certain point, you just think, "Oh fuck it, I can't keep doing this." Yeah. But anyway.
0: Yeah, I just did it playing through Star Wars Battlefront Two. Now I played through the, like, the single player campaign of that, and yeah. by the end of that, I was like, "I'm really good at this." And then went online, played for about four minutes. I was like, "This is
3: doesn't shit work like that, though, does it?" That, yeah. Because the skill set for PVE is yeah. just different to PvP, yeah, and if you want to get good at PvP, you just have to play PvP and just
0: do yeah. It and it's one of it those things it. as well. Though, like I just came back to time. Like when you said, "Like oh, I don't have the time," but I was like, "If you've got the time, then I probably do as well." I suppose.
3: What I do is I blitz it. Okay. So I'll, I'll be working, 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 and then stop. Yeah. And then it's like my decompression would yeah. be two months, six weeks, whatever it is, of just grinding up whatever it was last time we met a Destiny yeah. character, because that's a lot of grinding in that. Isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah.
0: And uh, do you have a favorite TV show?
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, this last year, Handmaid's Tale. It's amazing, isn't that? Uh, it's stunning.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where I love it, but I can't watch more than one episode at a time, which I think is fine.
3: I yeah, I've I've heard people say that. Mm. Uh, I I could. Uh, I I couldn't stop, and um, when I ran out of episodes, um, it was really frustrating yeah. having to wait. Uh, that as a bit of film drama is remarkable. Absolutely yeah. remarkable. Beautifully scripted. Uh, beautifully acted, beautifully shot, um, uh, and just got such content, you know, such, so much to, to think about. I remember, because obviously while you're watching, there's a point where you realize, oh, I see everything that's happening here in this very, very strange alternate world they're showing. But everything they're happening, that they're showing here happens, this is. And and of course, that's what you realize, that's what you're supposed to realize. And then there was a point where there's an episode where um, the government open fire on a group of protesters. And I thought, oh, I'm not really, de- that seems a bit far. Then I thought, what am I talking about? There'd be many times that governments have opened fire yeah. on protesters. Um, and uh, it, it's amazing how reality folds in yeah. to your sense of watching that series. I, I, I thought it was best thing I've seen for a very, very long time.
0: Yeah, because I did think it was interesting, because I was a big fan of the book, and I did think it was interesting having so many of those sort of flash, almost like flashbacks to when it was all sort of kicking off. Mm-hmm. And I think those are some of the most interesting bits because there's this is sort of mad sense that everyone just cannot believe this is happening and when it all starts going, there's like a lot of very funny That's scenes. That's what happens. There's a lot of very funny scenes where everyone's just like, I can't believe this has happened. Like, this but, is
3: insane. But, and to think they made that before Trump got yeah. elected and, and you're now in a state where you have Yeah someone as backward and uh, kind of naive and yeah. dangerous as the kind of person you would need to require that kind of world yeah. and makes these statements that you think, has somebody actually said that out loud? Yeah. And then you think Christ they have and they're the president of America. And yeah. so, so it's, um, I think watching that show in this world, yeah. this sort of Trump Brexit world where things suddenly overtake Yeah. And and get surrealist cause it was really sobering and uh and, and just a brilliant, brilliant bit of uh film drama. Just, just looks stunning as well. Beautifully, beautifully shot. Really lovely, yeah.
0: I think some of the stuff, it it feels like a lot of the stuff with streaming services now are doing a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't get to see on TVs and, you know, that maybe wouldn't be getting funded and things like that. Because I think The Handmaid's Tale, the way that it's made, is a bit of a hard sell to a network, I think.
3: I I mean, I don't know enough about the decision-making processes and the people that make those decisions to know if that's true or not. You you might be right. Mm. But go back a couple of years and you've got a big popular drama about a teacher who decides to start making crystal meth after Mm. he's diagnosed with lung cancer with breaking bad and then you've got um uh which is a very, you know, The the Wire was a very sort of complicated, involved, yeah. sort of morally complex, thoughtful series yeah. that, that's a long time before that. And The Sopranos. I mean, I, what I broadly think is that since The Sopranos, everything yeah. got hugely elevated. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so I'm not, I guess what I'm really saying is I don't know if what you said is true. It might yeah. be true. Um, uh it's it's certainly long form series, you know, long long form TV or uh, Netflix or whatever the right term is. Um, there, there's some pretty fantastic stuff out there.
0: Amazing. And with those, uh, talk about Annihilation for a bit. After Ex Machina, why was this the film that you wanted to make, or is it something you've been trying to make or making for years?
3: No, no. Uh, um, I mean, there's there's probably two answers to that. One is that. In general, I tend to react against the thing I just did. Okay. Uh, So um, uh, if the film I made before Ex Machina was Dread, uh, the film I made before Dread was Never Let Me Go. If you look at what Never Let Me Go is and what Dread is, they're yeah. incredibly different kinds of films. And yeah. likewise with Dread to Ex Machina and likewise with Ex Machina to Annihilation. And yeah. so some of it is just, you've been living with something for two and a half, three years and you're done with it and you want to try something completely different. Yeah. Um, uh, the While I was in the edit of Ex Machina, uh, one of the producers of Ex Machina, um, who's also—it's it's basically the same—the same group of people that made Ex Machina, more or less, also made Annihilation. Right. And um, uh, one of those producers sent me the the book by Jeff Vandermeer, and um, uh, said you should read this. Uh, this this could be a very interesting film. And I right. I read it and I agreed. I thought this this would be terrific. And um, uh, it, uh, by the by, the end of reading it, I thought, yes, I would definitely want to try this. There's a lot in here yeah. um, that's sort of pushing buttons. It's a terrific novel, uh, and Vandermeer's a really seriously good writer.
0: It's one of the no, like I haven't read it yet, um, but it's one of the ones that fans of it sort of say that it'd be really hard to make it
3: into a movie. It was fucking hard to make it into a movie, <laughs> and I, I, I would not uh, in any way. Um, uh, say that I have necessarily achieved yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the ambition of making it to a movie. I've made it uh, with the people uh, I work with into something. Right, um, it exists. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, it, if if you did if you did a, a straight literal beat by beat um, adaptation. Uh, it, it would certainly be very hard. And I've done that before um, on, on the book, Never Let Me Go, uh, the, which was, it was a book. And then yeah. I worked on the adaptation to make it into a film. That was a very faithful adaptation is, to the yeah, extent yeah. of transcribing dialogue and that kind yeah. of thing. This, w- while I was reading it, I was thinking you can't do that with this. And uh, the thing that interested me about it in part, not not only, but just in part, was that it it had a sort of dream state aspect to it. Right. Um, In in the reading of it, it's like being in a dream state. Mm. And so I thought, I don't, I can't do, it it would be like someone telling you their dream and then you trying to film their dream. It would just sort of be impossible. So I took a kind of principle or a theory, um, which was that I then didn't reread the book, I, I made a, f- a film as a memory of okay. a dream state provided by Jeff Vandermeer, if you see what I mean. I do, t- yeah. And um, uh, so it has strong correlation with the book in some ways yeah. and non-correlation in other ways. And um, uh, that it, I it was very sort of good of Jeff to let me do that. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was... It was an idea that came from reading the book while reading it, thinking, "I don't know how to adapt this, but this is one way to approach it." and And it felt true to the book right. in that crucial respect.
0: I guess, like you've got to make the call with some things. Like as you said, like I'm a huge fan of Let We Go and of the book and the film. Um, but as you said, like that is pretty much what it is, which is awesome. Um, you've, how do you make the call between? what you can as you going in as a director going right I can definitely see that on the screen but I cannot see that on the screen sort of thing
3: in adaptations in general yeah uh, I don't know I don't know (laughs) Uh, ask someone who knows I, (laughs) uh, I, I think I think what you do is I'll tell you one thing is that when I'm writing a script initially I don't really think about the practicalities so if I think something should be in the script I'll just put it in and then later have difficult conversations with producers or financiers about whether this is something which is actually achievable or not Um, so 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 on those practical so that is to say on a creative level you just put in whatever you want mm. on a practical level well okay then then there's an argument to be had but you don't have the argument on the first draft you you try to write the thing truly to what you think it should be yeah and then you try and just keep that stuff okay you just you try and have a sort of lateral like a way around the problem to yeah. make, to try to solve it that's yeah sounds like a pain in the ass but Hopefully it's Ah, That's the job. (laughs) That's basically the job, isn't it? Yeah. If it was that bad, I should get another job. (laughs) (laughs) We talk
0: a lot on the podcast about um, showing your favourite things to other people. And I did that with Never Let Me Go because it's one of my favourite films. And I showed it to... that's very
3: um, nice of you to say. I love that film. Uh, It's 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 a very unusual film for anyone to choose because it's sort of... um, uh, I think a lot of people just find it too bleak. But, it is quite uh, bleak, but I think people kind of like bleak. You see, like, you know, Black Mirror is... They bloody don't. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I beg to differ. I, I, can, I can sort of direct you to several uh, of my box office results that would <laughs> indicate pretty clearly that people do not like bleak. But, but anyway, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, maybe people don't like going out to see bleak because, you know, they've got to have a night out of it, but people like bleak in the comfort of their own home, maybe
3: uh maybe yeah okay um
0: but <laughs> i'll I, take your word for it i showed uh, never let me go to a new girlfriend like recently and because she hadn't seen it mm. and it's one of those ones because like, we talk about the podcast of like how much of a stress that is sometimes to show people and it's mm. one of those ones where it was like a sunday afternoon i was just like looking over it all the time being like she into this? I'm not sure. And then by the end, I was like, "Do you, do you like that?" She was like, "Yeah, I fucking love that." I was like, "Oh my uh, god, well that's good." It's like you need to give me more of uh, like, have you got any sort of stories about trying to show people things that you love and the stress that comes with that?
3: It's uh, oddly, I was I was talking about this to my son the other day because mm. um, he's 14 and he right, okay. he tried to show uh, a movie to some of his. Mates, it was um, the Steve Jobs movie. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, that, um, with Fassbender and Danny yeah. Boyle. Um, uh, it's a very, very good film. Mm. And, but for whatever reasons, his, his pals hadn't dug it because they wanted to watch, you know, whatever it was, some yeah. The Purge or something like <laughs> that. And, uh, um, and uh, he was talking about that feeling of being crestfallen, yeah. you know. And, and the fe- he was describing the feeling you have in a room where you've chosen something and you gradually yeah. start to sense that people are sort of saying, "Oh, I'm just going to go and make a cup of tea," yeah. and then they say, "No, no, d- don't pause it. I'll, I'll just oh, back. that's it's the worst. It's, it's terrible, exactly." And and it's and it's weird because I remember that so well uh, when he was talking about it because you'd you'd you know there'd be a, a bunch of you and you'd get someone would get nominated to go yeah. to the video shop to go and rent a video, which obviously they don't have that anymore. It's easier these yeah. days, but. And you'd go up, come back with, you know, holding Apocalypse Now or something, yeah. thinking, yeah, they're already like this, and then gradually realising they don't. And I know the feeling. Yeah, it's not I nice. I know it very well. It's a horrible feeling, actually. Yeah. It's a weirdly horrible feeling.
0: It's strange, isn't it? I think yeah. it's and almost like, you said, like, obviously it's different now with, like, Netflix and things like that. It's almost like... More pressure because there's so much choice. Whereas, like, if you'd gone to the video shop and you brought like Apocalypse Now, whatever happens, you're fucking watching Apocalypse Now because you're not going back to the video shop. Whereas, if you start watching. Sometimes I had
3: to go back to the video (laughs) shop.
0: (laughs) I really did. Like, go get Friday the team Go on. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I guess, like, with now, there's so much choice in things. Like, yesterday I was at um, my girlfriend's house with her parents. They were trying to pick something to watch in the night. And in the end, I had to go home because I was just like, I can't sit here and watch your dad go through Scroll through 10, anymore. 10 billion options. Because like, I've told him 10 things to watch now. And I've gone, oh, you'll really like this. You'll really like this. And he's gone, yeah, okay. Yeah. And you sort of see him scroll past and you're like, I'm going home.
3: Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of choice. There's a lot of choice. And um, the interesting thing is how is how things float out of that. What what gets remembered and what doesn't. And uh and also there's a generational aspect to it. Um I I saw it I saw it recently when uh Blade Runner twenty forty nine came out. Mm. And actually, whilst playing uh um online Mm. um so I was online and I was saying to the group of people I was playing with, some of whom are in their early twenties, oh yeah. Blade Runner's coming out. Yeah. Um, you know, that's really exciting, isn't it? And a couple of them had no idea what Blade Runner was. Really? And that that really surprised and interested me. I, I It would not have occurred to me that people would not know what Blade Runner was. But then I think, oh, yeah, but I'm 47. And this guy's 21. And, and why would he know? Yeah. He'd only have seen it if he'd found it on Netflix. And he could very easily not have found it on Netflix because, yeah. like you said, there's 10 billion other things to watch. So it's it's a... But, but, you know, things float out. And yeah. You know.
0: And Annihilation's going to be on Netflix in the UK. So yep. how do you think you're going to make that float out of everything else?
3: It's not my job to make yeah. it float out. I, I sort of... Um, Uh, I see my job as if people are kind of dumb enough to give me the money to make a film I'll do it to the best of my ability and then um, I sort of bow out.
0: And just finally um, obviously Disney are snapping up any director that you know does sci-fi or anything interesting at the moment do you sort of <laughs> um, i think a lot of people who maybe not don't me <laughs> yeah, but i think a lot of people who don't work in films and don't work in that industry would yeah. see that as a natural progression you know you do what making a star wars and maybe. then you go make a star wars film no you're kidding
3: <laughs> if I, I think i think if anybody watched like the films i've worked on yeah then they would not think i'm a natural fit for star wars so uh, I've, I, I i'm not waiting for the phones ring
0: not even one of the sort of smaller characters like or do a little spin-off film no
3: definitely not and and even if the phone did ring i I certainly wouldn't do it i mean mean, it would be a bad fit that would be a very very bad fit
0: amazing thank you so much man all right cheers he is lovely um, what a nice man usually when we sometimes if there's two of us we'll play like Keyword Counter but I'm not sure if we're going to do that with stars anymore because Joe and I did it with Andy Circus, and it was awkward as hell
2: oh I watched that um, he just didn't really know a lot did he Oh no,
0: no he didn't well I think like <laughs> he probably knows a lot he's a really smart man it's just on the spot it is yeah. a hard game yeah um, look as someone who is terrible at Keyword Counter yeah, I totally. can relate to that we're
2: not going to throw stones
0: over this way well who knows because maybe this is, this is your chance to redeem yourselves and be like that, dons at keyword kind of from now on. So let's play a little bit of it right now. The keywords count- So if you don't know what Keyword Countdown is, IMDB categorised their films by a bunch of crazy keywords. What I've done, or what at on Twitter has done, is taken five films, ten keywords a piece. You guys at home and you guys right here in front of me have to guess what those films are by the keywords. There's also a very good link okay. between them as okay. well. Thank okay. you very much for sending
2: this in. Oh, Rory, don't flex. Here we go. That's stretching. Not, that's intimidating.
0: Why would you flex before I gave a <laughs> Keyword <laughs> Countdown? Here we, here we go. Film number one. Unnecessary guilt. Post-traumatic stress. Uh, Never let me go. Tastes like chicken joke. Anchorman 2, The Mask. Mild violence. This is hard.
1: Um, Tastes like chicken joke. Post-traumatic
0: stress. Arranged marriage. (laughs) Shaman.
1: N-
2: Monty molim-
0: the Holy Grail. Reference to Shakespeare's Hamlet.
2: The Lion King. Yes!
0: No, no way! Way! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yes!
2: That's amazing! Well
0: done, four um, points.
2: I threw that out, it's like, yeah, it won't be that, I just want to say yeah. something.
0: Well done. <laughs> Clawfight, interspecies friendship, animal name and title. Well done. Nice. Four points there.
2: Those were really, really hard clues. I know, it's
0: for The Lion King. That's a pain in the Nice. Fair play.
1: Well done, Alyssia.
0: Fill number two. Woman kicks a man.
1: Kill Bill. I was just going to say that.
0: Truth taken as a joke. Identity crisis. Mm. British. Welsh even actor playing American character.
2: Welsh actor playing
1: American
0: James Bond. Um. Off screen killing. In a monologue. Killed during sex.
2: Wow. Ooh, what a um, way to go. Atomic Blonde.
0: Um. Men's cosmetics. <clears throat> ambiguous ending Aww. what is this I don't know <laughs> final clue reference to Phil Collins
2: oh American Psycho yes oh. Oh, I've never seen American so Psycho annoying. how are you no. dude
0: watch this it. it's amazing um, yeah. well done Alicia it's got a guess and that's five points it feels like a rinced. fail when
2: you get it on the last clue <laughs> here we how go getting
0: on
1: no clues
0: <laughs> oh this is a good one what a film as well these are all brilliant films as well film number three plagiarism Female butt jiggle.
2: <laughs> Great, that's going down as one of my favourite keyword countdown please
0: Rivalry. Social network. Towel snapping. Ooh.
1: Um,
0: top Gun? Do they
1: snap towels in Top Gun?
0: It's. Bikini car wash. Dodgeball. Competition.
1: Um.
0: Two thousands.
2: She's the man. Um, Dancing. Uh, what? Uh, oh, it's going to be step up. It's step up two. Step up three. Step up step four. Step up Five. None
0: No, the up Just... it's stop <laughs> up. Step up. Okay. <laughs> That's <was> close. <sighs> Imperative in title.
2: Save the last dance. Um...
0: Final clue. Cheerleading.
1: Bring It On? Yeah. Ah, I should have guessed that way earlier.
0: Well done, Powers. What a film as well. One point to Powers there. Ooh, 5-1. Two films left. This is good. Mm. Film number four. Based on book.
2: Harry
1: Potter.
0: You're never going to not guess (laughs) Harry Potter. Hit by bus.
1: Female butt jiggle. (laughs) (laughs) Philosopher's (laughs) Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Hit by bus. Um,
2: Mean Girls. Yes! What the?
0: <laughs> oh, nine points for Alicia there. <laughs> That's fourteen points overall to Alicia. Uh, the Ooh, other what? ones: mathletes, older personal, pl- older person playing teen, female antagonist, musical number, two-word title, split-screen telephone call, friends who hate each other, teen angst. I feel mean like we were girls. primed
2: by previous naughties uh, keywords.
0: No. So- no, no, no! No, I mean,
2: is, is it just it just put you in the mindset yeah, of like maybe.
1: what movies came out?
0: Oh, well done! Here we go. Uh, final, final one. Then can I
1: win? I can't win, can I?
0: You're on one point. Alyssa's on fourteen. <laughs> so if you even if you guessed it first, you'd be on eleven points, and even if you got the thing, you'd be on twelve. So no, you can't.
1: Can win. can we say them for this round? If I get it right, first clue: it's a million.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Okay. What? He's not. Yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> well, right <laughs> <laughs> but what does? I jump in the rankings. But also, you take it really seriously, and you're like, that was a million, I remember. Like, you walk out, you I've just won every keyword countdown because Ever? it's got a million points. It'd be great if you took things that seriously. <laughs> I just might. Let's find out. Here we go. Oh, no. Film <clears throat> number five. Directorial debut.
1: Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, second one's half a mil? No. Is this how... (laughs) a
0: million for that. The rest you don't get. Do you want me to move on?
1: No. (laughs) Uh, Have we mentioned it yet? It's not Dodgeball, is it? Nope. Um, Not Snow Patrol? Oasis? Nope. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, All right, I'm going to go on. All right,
0: fine. (laughs) Kasabian. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> Directorial debut, PTA, Parent Teacher Association. I forgot. I'm blank really. What PTA was and I had to look it up.
2: Because um, I was
0: thinking Paul Thomas Anderson, but that'd be a weird keyword.
2: Um, Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: Shot in the eye. That's Super- actually a big clue. Superman. Because you know early on it is. Clap into music.
1: Who gets shot in the eye?
0: Sexy teacher. Dark hero. Time travel.
1: What? Hot tub time machine?
0: This is a good one. Real life brother and sister playing brother and sister.
2: Oh, what, you think uh, what that would what give brother it? brother and sister right? actors are there? There's the 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 Ah oh, the guy who played Prince of Persia. Ah Jake Gillenhall. Has it got has it got the Gyllenhaals Halls in it? Oh, I bet it's got the Gillen Halls in it. Ah, um
0: Character Donnie name. Yorko. Yes!
1: God yes. damn it!
0: <laughs> well done, powers. You get three points for that, mate. Just say three mil, we'll call it even. Uh no. Uh, You're like, That's <laughs>
1: more than you originally used <laughs> yeah. for. So
0: you get <laughs> Four points overall. The other clues then character name and title Rabbit Suit. Oh, okay. Um, so Lion King, American Psycho, Bring It On, Mean Girls, Donnie Darko.
2: Is it to do And the
0: Link for a Mill? <laughs> yes, the Link for a Mill. Okay.
2: No! It's a lot easier to get <laughs>
0: uh, Just for the adventure. Or oh, Link uh, for a Mill.
2: Uh, but you only get one guess. Nah, no, come no. on. No! <laughs> it's hard,
0: you are not get it. I'm never gonna get it. But you could get a mill as well.
2: Really? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah.
1: now I'm into it. Um,
2: Lion
0: King, American Psycho, bring it on. Mean Girls, Donnie Darko. I'm actually super interested to see if anybody at home gets this link.
1: All have a cheerleader
0: or cheerleading in it. Email call, no. can feedback, IGN. underscore you givefeedbackigen.com, don't lie.
1: Well, so you're not gonna say it.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, um
2: uh, it's all involves people dressing up as animals or pretending to be animals. Very good,
0: but it's not. Um, anything to do with animals? Nope. Cheers. It's nothing to do with anything that's in the film. Uh, it'll be oh. to do with, so
2: it's to do yeah. with the creating of the film, mm, with the development. Kind of. Um, the scripts had loads <laughs> of you're words like, in them. I
0: you, can't like, say you didn't know where that sentence was going. All the,
2: scripts, the were, scripts, all the scripts, were, were printed. <laughs> it's because what I try to do is watch your face. So sometimes yeah. you start, and then you'll go,
1: "Oh, and you get a twinkle in scripting. your eye." <laughs> um, uh, all were directors' debuts. No. Director, no. Um, um, all were released. On a <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Uneven day. All
2: years. of were... them had premieres in... So you can have
0: it in. They were all cult slash big films with straight-to-DVD sequels.
1: Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. Donnie Dargo had a street.
2: Oh, what yeah. is it called? It's Samantha Donnie Darko.
0: Oh. It's, Samantha. All about, it's all about the daughter, yeah. Um, sister, sorry, yeah. Samantha. That sounds
2: Lion King yeah. 2 is actually a banging film. Is it, yeah? It's really good. It's mm-hmm. got a great soundtrack. They actually use one of the songs from the Lion King 2 in the Lion King musical in London because it's that good. What? Mm-hmm. Wow!
0: Amazing! Well done! That was a really good one. I really like that link. It's close. Cool. Let's get some feedback then. All right! All God. right! Who's first?
2: Uh, it is moi, or <laughs> well, more correctly, it is Kyle White, who says, "Hey, gentlemen and mum, I'm from the U.S. and love the podcast. All of yes, you just cool. seem like very genuine and relatable people. Yes, Thank oh, you. That is so nice. That is sweet. I have to admit, the nerdiest thing I do is listen to a and d show or two. I don't know what it is, but it's one of my favourite things. This is my nerd shame that I'm always afraid to announce. But I'm now announcing for him. Live oh. on air. I was wondering if y'all had any nerd interests like that.
0: Quite a lot, yeah. I think
1: I assume he means on the like less mainstream spectrum right, okay. of the Nerd video world. games, yeah. You can really like, into this. I played into Marvel Mario. movies recently, <laughs>
0: <laughs> bit ashamed of it. I've said it before, right, to other people, but I think the nerdiest thing that I do is um, fancy NFL just. But not because it's nerdy. That's a pretty nerdy. jockey nerd thing but to do. But I think the level to which we take it is pretty nerdy. So we have like... That's like you
1: being like, oh, I think like the lamest thing I do is uh, make out with the cheerleaders.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 pretty ashamed of massive penis as well. <laughs> right yeah. was bragging, I think, like,
0: you know you bragging. the nerdiest thing I do is just uh, do uh, 360s uh, <laughs> on my skateboard. Oh, oh, just hit them. Whatever, on the way here. Just um, Just because like, we're... Idiots who don't really know what we're doing. We've been doing it for years. And we right. have, like, a trophy that is super embarrassing. All, everyone is embarrassed of it. Uh, everyone not in the league is embarrassed of it <laughs> right. about it. Um, we have, like, <coughs> little tournaments. We have, at the end of each season, we all meet up and rent, like, a cottage somewhere, and then we have, like, a presentation evening. I appreciate the showmanship. Um, it's pretty cool. Amazing. And we, like, all dress up in suits. Uh, we call it the AGM, and we talk about, like, rules for the next season if you want to change anything. But also, like, everyone has got their own little inter-tournaments as well. So, like, within... We've got the banister, which is, like, a banister from a, um, a house. <laughs> it's a wooden beam from a banister that you walk upstairs to. And that's got a uh, spray-painted silver... Uh, American football action figure on the top of it it's an amazing trophy Jesus Um, but then we also have like little uh, like the Welsh bowl which is uh, me against the other only Welsh speaker in the league right right Um, right. so like whoever wins the (coughs) two of us against each other in records gets the Welsh bowl which is a cool little trophy thing Um, yes
1: good good. I was just going to say Magic the Gathering but uh. yeah (laughs) um um
2: what do you have? i mean i guess mine w- would be playing D D. yeah do that a lot um oh, i mean well, okay i guess like the nerdiest thing would be like, every every morning you know how You're you have like your... with the unicycle yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i mean you just said <laughs> so you like games about
1: <laughs> dna gene splicing plants <laughs> in a vr greenhouse i'm
2: like just <laughs> change the world in my potting shed. <laughs> um no i mean i guess i listen to like a bunch of ted talks every morning, but I don't just listen to them. I'll have like, I'll have like makeup brush in one hand, laptop in the other, where I'll be like, with my right hand, I'll be like making notes on the Uh, TED Talk. Really?
1: It's really sad. What a way to start the day.
3: I
2: know, I know. Been up for like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm just (laughs) gonna learn about biodiversity in pretty
0: life.
2: Is it cool? Is it cool? What
0: have you got, Uh, powers?
1: I got an email here from uh, Anthony Cade. Mm -hmm. Anthony says, hello to you good boys and girl. It seems the birth of the Overwatch League has pretty much passed you by. Not true. Except for the mention of watching a game in Loading Bar. I've become addicted to watching the League and can't believe how long it's been since you guys mentioned one of the greatest games of all time. Is anyone in the office a watcher of the Overwatch League? And do you support any teams in particular I'm a huge fan of the Outlaws. Would love to hear your opinions on this. Keep up the stellar work, and don't forget the Ronies.
0: We have been watching it. Like, if we're not watching, like, full things we're watching, mm. everyone will be like, oh, did you see this last night? Did you see this play? Like, yeah. Everyone's kind of into it. Yeah, we, we, we watch it, especially when it was coming to the end, we watched it pretty religiously. Yeah. like It's just, we don't have to talk about, if we talk about Overwatch on the podcast, people get pissed off. Yeah. we start talking about, a, like, professional over- Overwatch <laughs> League, people lose their damn minds. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I went as far as
1: so there was a big uh, the big finale. You kind of finished with our team, Nuts. London Spitfire, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, losing against the number one team, and kind of having to like arc their way back That's some into the finals. shit! It was incredible, like getting knocked down and yeah. then having to like get back win up your again. way back up to the finals, um, which they then won as well by doing a reverse sweep. And so uh, getting the and getting the trophy, um, but I actually because it was so late because of the time difference, the the final game was on at like two in the morning or something. Yeah. So I actually went to sleep and like didn't check my phone or anything the next morning, and then rewatched it all on Twitch, nice. which was really cool. So I was just <clears> screaming <throat> at my laptop. Um, but we all really yeah we all think enjoy now, and they actually just announced that they've brought out the reward system for yeah. watching it, which I I haven't looked at the details. I don't know if it's any good or not. But you can essentially get. Um, league points yeah. that you can spend on uh, skins from your favourite Overwatch teams to use in game, which is that's pretty cool. I think the, it's the only, pretty cool like, incentive.
0: I love it, but the only thing that's putting me off is like they they cop they go out of their way so much to copy other sports in terms of like how it's presented, mm. how it's talked about, like the punditry and things like that. Why do they not go out of their way to just mirror a really popular sport league? Like, the way that the league is actually run. Because yeah. it's quite confusing because you just go, okay, for this amount of time. There was a thing where I missed one of our... I was really into it. I missed one of the Spitfire games because I just didn't assume that they'd be playing that day. Like, why don't you just do it like an actual football league?
1: It is It is weird.
0: I don't, I don't get one that's not doing that. Because they made up their own league. Yeah. Like the way of running the league. So it's like, okay, now I have to learn that. Um, I was
1: pretty done on it as well because I was like, I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to get to the finals Mm. but this is only the first of four finals before the big competition happens Mm. it was kind of weird to wrap my head around it but then maybe it's orchestrated differently because it has to be it has to be so you keep up the the stream so it's consistent or they need a more like instead of having one big payout four months down the line you need to fund these teams throughout these mini seasons or something i'm not entirely sure how it works yeah um but it's very easy. at least it's easy to keep track of yes. like there's literally yeah, an app yeah. where you can just see who's in which position yeah. so in short we're
0: loving it it's great um it was an awesome uh, if anyone follows Xavier was the uh, wrestler he was oh he was with yeah, london he went down to them uh, yeah he went down to Irvine, I think to um blizzard and there's an amazing uh, video that he put up where he's like saying that he's going to go play as uh I think he who does he play? I think he plays as Lucio or maybe Zenyatta. Um and I think he's gonna go. He wanted to go play for the Spitfire. So, yeah, <laughs> nice. Bruce.
1: That'd be amazing. Russia,
0: be amazing. <laughs> um, here we go then. found bit of feedback from James Holland. Hi, Igen UK, UK team, and this is one of the emails, powers went through and uh, highlighted them. He's literally just highlighted everything.
1: I started highlighting it, because you only <laughs> highlight the relevant parts, and then I realized halfway through, it's quite a short email, <laughs> and I just highlighted
0: the entire page. So this is James from Preston. It says, I recently bought and played the PS4 remake of Shadow of the Colossus, and while I did like it, I felt like I was missing something that made it one of the best games ever. And that's in quotes, so I don't know who he's quoting there. The graphics are beautiful, music is amazing, but the empty world and Often fiddly controls left something to be desired. I'm interested in your opinions. Has anyone else thought the same, or is it just me? I've seen a lot of people recently having a go at the empty world. Yeah. But I don't know when because we played it through for a show. It's just finished. I'm um, prepared to try. We did four episodes of it. Mm. Uh, we should have a look at right now. Um, but it, it never feels empty because you're just you've got a purpose. It's That's like mm. if you were just travelling around, you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. I feel like that would feel a tiny little bit more empty. Whereas you're. You leave the altar, you go to kill another colossus, you point your sword in the sky, it tells you where to go, and you Mm. head towards that bit. Like for me, the world is more, you just enjoy (coughs) how beautiful it looks on your way to kill another thing. Yeah. I don't understand how people are saying this. I guess
2: because this is a remaster of a game that came out, you know, way before we started playing, I don't know, like all of the big open world games that set the tone of what we expect from an quote unquote open world game. Yeah. So like.
0: That's the like, thing, it's not an open-world game. Yeah, like, like, it's
2: it's just that the arena that you're playing in has yeah. to be huge because you're going after these huge monsters, but people yeah. come with the expectations of, like, playing Breath of the Wild and Assassin's Creed, and, like, yeah. you I, know, they want rich, detailed environments.
0: It's super rich and super detailed, though. That's the thing, it's just there's not other people talking to you. Yeah. But if that works into the storyline, because the storyline is you are at the end of the Earth, like, mm. not in terms of time, but in terms of location. You're at the end of the world. Like, there is no one living out there because it's the end of the world. Also, yeah. I think it
1: like it kind of illustrates the fact that the only things that are living in this mm. area are these colossi. Yeah. Well, not you're... anymore. Well, that's a good point. Well, <laughs>
0: that's an aggro. Secrets. Um.
1: Um, and you're, you're killing like the one thing that yeah. is actually living here. Mm. But, like There were times when we were running around, I think I even mentioned it in the Let's Plays, where it does feel just empty and mm. cold, but th- th- in no way was that a negative thing. No. I actually thought it was kind of, like eerie and yeah. cool, Reflexive and I think that's the point of it.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's if you break it down, like it's it's basically like you know, the levels are you going across the level and you get to a boss, and yeah, it's just done it in a really beautiful way. Like, I, I've seen a lot of people saying, Oh, it's such an empty world. fuck That man, it's not. Um, <laughs> 60 giants you gotta kill in it, mm. just put <laughs> your sword in the sky, it tells you where to go. Um, mm. but yeah, I, I don't know, I, th- I I do think it is generally one of the best games. I don't think it is the best game ever. I, I it was weird that you didn't seem like you struggled with fiddly controls but i think me yeah
1: well oh, i mean i did really just you played did. it
0: off what, what <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't feel like cuz i've had a go of it now and i don't feel like it's particularly fiddly i think i think it's purposely makes you do that because it's got to give you a tiny bit of a challenge. Otherwise, just climbing up and stabbing these things.
1: Yeah. I feel like the, the engine's a little bit weird in the way that, like, sometimes you'll be running and yeah. something will move. And, um, like, Antoine will just do, like, a front flip or something. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, what What was that? That's you know, the it's like... horse doesn't
0: know what he's fucking doing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but, like, the, the, it's pretty <laughs> Also, the, the guy's name is not Antoine. <laughs> <laughs> we started calling him that. <laughs> um, but, Antoine you know, and like, I mean, it's I think it's hard... I think there's a big thing at the moment where there's no middle ground for anything, no. and I've talked about this for ages. Where everything is either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. No yeah. one really knows the in between. I was I was on a trip recently um, with Tamor from Gamespot, and we got to talking about this. And he was like, his opinion is actually really good. Where like everybody wants to have their take and they want their take to be the most noticed take on a thing, you're not getting noticed if you're just like, yeah, I thought it was great, I thought it was fine. Like, yeah. if you're like, this is the best thing ever, I've got like, yeah. and I feel like the people that I follow, this is not saying everyone in the world, the people that I follow, Americans are way worse at this than British people, because so many times where we wake up and something has happened a trailer's dropped or something like that and it'll just be all the americans i follow losing their minds for it being like this is the best trailer that's ever happened in the history of trailers or or, this is the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of things happening right like there's never yeah an in between thing anymore which is is really crazy i guess like
1: that's the bold thing with social media is that like if you think something's in between then you've got nothing to say about it, so yeah. you don't tweet. So yeah. the only way you're going to see someone's tweet is if they think it's the best yeah, thing or the yeah. worst thing ever.
0: But then I also feel like people just, look like, really decide, like, because of that, they decide on what the story is going to be with something, and they just jump onto that. Like, we've seen it twice now. We've talked about it with Bright. Um, mm. And I saw it with um, The Clovefield Paradox as well, which I watched the other day. I was like, that's fine. That's, like, yeah. two-and-a-half, three-star movie. Like, I, that was Out of fine. what? Out of Ten? Right, out of five. Um... <laughs> I thought there's some really good bits in that, but I went into it going like, "Oh, everyone hates this! Like, it's the worst film ever." Maybe that sort of impinged on yeah. how I enjoyed it. But I remember, the, so then I kind of did a little search and like people who I like and sort of read their stuff, and they were just giving this absolute paste in. I was like, eh, "I
1: don't think... I, th- I thought
0: it was pretty bad." Really? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I like really, really
0: bad. I, I the, mm-hmm. next week we're going. We've got this awesome interview with I just did with Joel Edgerton, and obviously he's the orc in Bright. And I said so. I said, oh, let's talk about Bright for a bit. And he was saying like he read some of the reviews, which he never does. But he read a couple of the reviews that were just like, this is the worst film ever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, I want to take those people, sit them in a room, and show them some of the fucking worst films that I've ever seen. Yeah. Because... He was like, I've worked on that. That is not one of the worst films ever. He's like, whatever you think of it, it's not one of the worst films ever. I'm glad he um, at least thinks that way. It's yeah. like, is not God? Well, he's too a too super much. down-to-earth guy. It's, cool. it's one of my favorite interviews. Down-to-earth orc. Down-to-middle-earth orc,
1: yeah. <laughs> Down to <middle-earth> orc, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, there we are. Here we go, then. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Travel Colossus. Good. Yeah, fine James I think it's amazing uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast you can IGN underscore uh, IGN underscore you feedback at IGN.com yes we'll see you guys next week
1: Bye-bye. bye bye bye